But if you shampoo too often, you're going to find that your hair is not going to be as forgiving. It's going to be harder to deal with. It's it's kind of, my, my mind has really shifted in the last like 10 to 12 years from like must be clean to must protect, keep my body in that protective state. And so I, I shampoo probably every five to seven days. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey everybody. Yo, yo. Welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. We're going to jump right into what is up with Miss Genevieve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's up with me? So the last week has been um, full of ups and downs that have been pretty high and low (laughs) because I had a really rough week as a mom. Like, it didn't really start until Thursday, I'll be honest. Like, we, we've had a lot of wildfires around in this area, and the smoke's been getting thicker and thicker and thicker, and um, I've been watching it affect my kids, even just, like, the little things. Like, they've been definitely having, like, a little more, like, nasally coughing sort of symptoms, but then watching Lucy, who I've watched over time, like, her toxic load bucket is just miny, teeny, tiny little, like, she can hardly handle anything, and... I saw a behavior in her that I haven't seen in her for three years. Really? It was bad. It was really bad. We had an entire day. Well, it's hard to because now she's five. And the last time I saw this behavior, she was two. And I'm like, you treat a two-year-old different than you treat a five-year-old. So it was kind of like, I almost didn't know what to do. And it was, you know, Thursdays are like my work day, my like editing day. I'm sitting in front of the computer. My mom watches my kiddos for me. I'm very fortunate I have that on Thursdays. And the whole day was just completely wasted because I was spent the entire day in discipline mode with her. Uh. And it was really emotional for me because it wasn't small. It was temper tantrum, like throw herself on the floor kicking screaming over and it started because I asked her to pick up her room and she felt like she couldn't do it and I'm like okay I understand it's overwhelming so we're gonna start with one thing pick up a shirt and she picked up a whole pile of clothes and chucked it across the room and I'm like that's not what I asked you to do find a shirt and then it just absolutely just downhill the rest of the day and there had to be some consequences and so it was like you know, when you're in that moment as a parent of like, do I enforce these consequences or do I get my crap done? <laughs> That's what the whole day was. And it was like, she ended up being in her room uh, all day. Wow. Because she literally, she even cried herself to sleep, woke up, continued. And I was like, what's happening? What is happening? And in, and in that mode, for me, I go, what has she been eating? Where have we been? Like what, what she'd been exposed to. Yeah. What's new. And there was nothing new in the last week. You know, we've been home from vacation for a while. Like it just turned into this sleuthing mode. And I finally just kind of put the reins up and said, it's, it's a negative, it's a null day where like this day is just one of those days where I still got some things accomplished, but it was like blood, sweat and tears. I did cry a few times throughout that day because as a parent, you get to that point where you're just like, I can't handle anymore because you just love this human being so much and you want the best for them and there's something amiss like you can tell there's something amiss like my first thought you start questioning yourself like yes am I doing this right am I making the wrong choice yes am I driving these consequences too hard yes and am I doing the right thing for her 
Right. So it was a very emotional day and it's it continued a little bit the days after. Not nearly as bad as it was on Thursday. So I go into like anti-inflammatory mode when she's like that because my first inclination is, are you sick? She had no fever. She had some drippies, which I think was from the smoke. But I mean, really. So it was just a what can we do from here on out? Uh, you know, I couldn't dwell on what I what things had happened and how she'd acted. And, you know, as course, as parents, Skylar and I powwowed and said, OK, so. What how did that go down? <laughs> like, you know, and tried to dissect it a little bit, but ultimately it came down to there's just some environmental things that you can't control. And the best thing you can do is just try to reinforce that that kind of behavior is not okay. And I understand that you're not feeling so well. Like she's just getting to that maturity age where I have to hold her to a little responsibility. Sure. Whereas when she was younger, it was like, dude, like you can barely walk and talk and like, you know, so Thursday was pretty emotional. And then I felt like I was like recovering all day Friday, like, cause my body and stress are not friends. Like I'm, I'm working on <laughs> how to adrenal health yes. <laughs> let's say cassie has definitely like helping me out big time because i've been like okay i've known for a long time that my mind handles stress just fine like i'm really great in a crisis but the next day and the day after is when my body just absolutely just nosedives in the physical category so it's pretty it's pretty um apparent mm-hmm. when it happens too yeah, it, it's painfully obvious. So I took an Epsom salt bath on Thursday night. So proud. I tried to do everything I could to like get all the magnesium in because I can feel my body like go through magnesium like crazy when I'm, like I, I know I feel better when I over supplement with magnesium when I've been feeling bad <laughs> anyway. But Saturday was a fantastic day because I have some new fun, exciting things coming. I have a product launching that I can tease to you guys right now, but I can't tell you what it is yet. But soon, if you follow me on Instagram, you got a you got a real big sneak peek. You know what's up. So, if you follow Jenny B Beauty and you saw my stories, I didn't highlight it. So you gotta like, you gotta catch them while you can. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that know what it is because I've been pretty open about it. But we're we're launching sometime in September. We haven't put up an official launch date because the product is fresh off the ship, and we did all the quality check on Saturday. So I got to really go through. A thousand of them <laughs> which was took half the day but it was also kind of this surreal moment of like I had it in my hand after eight months of like serious product development and just my goodness it was actually it's been 10 months so to have it in my hand to be like opening it up and looking at them all just want you to know if you buy one I've looked at it <laughs> With her own eyeballs. With my own eyeballs. Jenny B. Beauty's Ooh. eyeballs. <laughs> so that was kind of the bulk of my week was just trying to get some things done. Giving myself a little grace as a parent. Yes. Give Lucy a little grace as a growing human being. <laughs> and then just the excitement of like going through the sheer volume of things that are about ready to come. And ooh, just so exciting yeah it's 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 exciting i'm bringing said product home with me today you guys i know i was like here you go be jelly (laughs) so if you're interested follow me on instagram you'll see sneak peeks here and there and you might guess just like watching some of my stuff Mm -hmm. but you know definitely check it out Mm -hmm. but miss cassie yes what is up with you so what is up with me i all the things um, a lot of zucchini is what's up with me <laughs> too, actually. Uh, I mean, for those of you who grow your own zucchini or pick it up from your CSA share, you probably have more that zucchini than you could ever Tis want, need, ask for all of the things. <laughs> so I did a fun little, I'll call my Instagram stories last night and I was just like, Hey, tell me what to do with my zucchini besides zucchini bread for real and zoodles because that's what I got going down right now and I love doing zoodles they're super easy so I did like you can only do so much I did like four zucchini into zoodles the some of the smaller ones Mm -hmm. and then I waited for my answers to pour in and all my foodie buddies were giving me great ideas so we tried a couple recipes for like zucchini cakes Ooh, um, I saw that. Did zucchini pancakes from Practical Paleo. Mm. We'll share that recipe in the show notes for you guys. Um, they were good. Mm. Uh, I prefer more of like a 
potato zucchini cake combo that mm-hmm. actually my husband made not too long ago weirdly oh so Just you have a comparison thing to from no taste. recipe well and this is more this is like an egg base it's a pancake mm. it was a zucchini pancake so it's you know it's how it's meant to be right, right, right. um but i was dreaming of other things that my husband made that were super duper good and he made it just off the top of his head so that's so nice yeah it was nice so a lot of zucchini and revolutionary our buddy lucia who was our first ever and only guest so far on the podcast hey lucia uh she suggested chopping it up and um freezing it raw for smoothies which I, i was like what i know and i blended it into my smoothie this morning and it was like so creamy and i was like it I was, need to do something with my zucchini. I'm totally doing that. It was super creamy and so good. Okay. And I was like, okay, I see it. All right, we're doing... And it's relatively flavorless. Like, zucchini is so mild. Yeah, you can flavor that. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, I could try that. Well, that, that means amazing. I can add it to a smoothie that's not a green smoothie, and it's mm-hmm. not going to taste then like a green smoothie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right and what i appreciate so, is that it's creamy i think that's the texture it changed everyone the textures yeah everyone so chases good. the creamy texture so i bet that would make i bet frozen zucchini would make a boss smoothie bowl Ooh, right? maybe a cacao smoothie bowl like i'm mm. gonna throw that into my tahini espresso smoothie and see what the deal is there i put cauliflower Ooh. in it usually but cauliflower is a lot stronger yeah and yeah. this is my opinion. I can always pick out the cauliflower. Well, I mean, tahini and coffee and chocolate, you tend to do just that's fine true. covering. <laughs> that's true. Mm. Uh, well, that's fantastic. Food hacks, man. Yeah. That can change everything. Playing with zucchini, because for some reason, my husband thought it was going to be a good idea to grow zucchini, even though we have a CSA share. We always have too much. <laughs> we also have like crap ton of tomatoes coming mm, and i'm like a ton already we're getting a ton from from our csa okay. i love them so i need to do some roasting but it's been so hot i haven't wanted to use the I oven know. so I it's know. it's supposed to cool down here into like the mid low 80s and mid 70s here in the next few weeks okay, so i think i think the next I'm few down. days is gonna be the last big heat wave we're gonna have in a while maybe i'm ever. so <laughs> unbelievably over it's it it's starting to feel like fall in the morning and at it's, night it's cooling it was like off 58 degrees at 9 30 the other morning and i was like what's happening dude it was like 48 at my house whoa i live more toward mount hood shut the front door dang so i know and and then this last weekend we spent a weekend away we had a friend getting married out at a winery in central oregon oh it looked so stunning and so we went and visited my husband's aunt and uncle and sisters and they have the most gorgeous home and they uh they work in in home building and development so ah, that makes they des- she designed her own home essentially oh and the entire front of the home is like open huge picture windows was looking out sitting yeah oh looking at the three sisters it was broken stunning. top i mean it, the whole mountain range is so beautiful it was like a 180 stunning view because you you panned your camera yeah it was amazing stories. i was like whoa it was amazing and uh and the wedding venue is gorgeous too you could see smith rock and some of like really really beautiful like rock outcropping that whole area is so gorgeous yeah, it really And is. so we just spent kind of a weekend in nature without camping. We stayed in a really nice house. <laughs> I didn't. We, uh, the crazy part is like we didn't spend a dime and we didn't have to lift a finger. That's amazing. It was the best weekend. That's amazing. <laughs> Christy, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> oh, Christy. I didn't realize you stayed with her. Cute. Yeah so her house must have been stunning it was gorgeous yeah she's yeah amazing so we ate wonderful food we got to hang out with our family we went to a friend's wedding and it was one of the more restful weekends that i've had um, you needed it for sure your I body still was need, like, ah. i still need more <laughs> uh and i had a massage last week <gasps> oh yeah yeah i went and saw heather for a massage oh, and gosh. she's massaging doing massage out of her home now. i was gonna say you get to see the room and it is wonderful mm-hmm. like a little oasis so quiet so relaxing it's perfection so if you guys are in our area 
I will link to her website so you guys can schedule an appointment with her. That's super exciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, whoa, I needed that badly. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Your body so. was like, ah, and that was weekend. the day that was the day before we left for, mm-hmm. for the weekend. So yeah, that's nice. I had a massage too, but it was not feel good. <laughs> it was get it done, <laughs> get her done. So I'm happy for you. I'm ready for like a feel good massage. <laughs> this was, well, this was kind of getting it done too. Cause I woke up with a super stiff neck and I had to work it out. So anyways, all right. Well, that's what's up. That's what's up. Well, today, the exciting thing about today is, is that this is like the perfect mix of both of our knowledge, you know? I love this. I know. It's so fun. It was funny when we first started, it was probably going to be more of like a beauty heavy episode. But then when we both started doing show notes, we both realized like, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. On both sides, on nutrition and on like how to care for the outside and the beauty side. So today's episode is all on hair health. You know, I think... I think a lot of people feel that it's this mysterious, like mystical, like my hair is going to do what it's going to do, which is true to an extent, but there are definite ways to care from the inside and from the outside for your hair. So that's where we're going to spend our time today. And actually first I was going to have Cassie tell you guys a little bit about like, what can you do from the inside? Like how, how does that work? How can hair health, how's hair health affected from the inside? Like all the things. Yeah. I mean, honestly, your hair is a product of, of like essentially waste of the body is like how you think of hair, even though it's not necessarily, but yeah. it's your hair is a, a picture of your inner health. I believe that. Right. Mm-hmm. Same with your teeth, same with your skin, your same nails. with your nails. Yeah. Um, and healthy hair comes from a healthy diet. It turns out. So, (laughs) um, you know, there are a few nutrients that are really important for hair, hair health, but the thing I want to caveat with all of this is the huge, the biggest cofactor for hair health is digestion and digestion is so incredibly important in the forming of tissues, cells, like all the matter in your body. So you're saying... If your digestion's not on point, this almost won't matter. Yeah. And well, I don't know if it won't matter. There's definitely, there's always things you can do. Yeah. Topically versus internally. Yeah. But the, the big thing here is that essentially if your hydrochloric acid status is, you know, too low, if your hydrochloric acid is Which low, is me. stomach acid, I'm working on it. Almost everybody has low stomach acid. I, I'm figuring this out. <laughs> because yeah. guess what decreases your stomach acid? Stress. Stress. Processed society. food. Mm. Um, soda. All sorts of things. So within that, um, you know, we're going to be doing a couple of episodes on digestion here soon. Ooh, I'm so excited for that. We're going to break it down. Selfishly, I'm excited, but also I'm excited (laughs) for everybody else. So look for those. But basically what you guys need to know is that, you know, poor nutrition, most issues like relating to hair health, nutrition is absolutely paramount, just like it is with all the other structures in your body. Um, There's no magic ingredient to improve your hair health. What? Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, obviously a diet rich in like vegetables, um, clean, you know, grass fed, pasture raised proteins and lots of healthy fat is going to help your hair grow. Like that's just the real real and grow healthy. But a couple of nutrients to look for. Biotin. This is one you hear really mm-hmm. commonly. Biotin is also called vitamin H. And it's a, yeah, it's a B complex vitamin that plays a huge role in your energy metabolism. So it supports the body in metabolizing, you know, sugar and fat and proteins, i.e. amino acids. And biotin is really crucial for the growth and support of all the body's cells, period. So when you take biotin in, Mm -hmm. you know, through the food you're eating or through supplementation, you're going to support your entire body, not just your hair health. Oh, interesting. Um, so obviously it includes cells that involve hair growth, but it'll support the rest of the body too, which is happy. Yes. And with things like eggs are very high in biotin. 
liver. Oh, uh, yeah. Very Liver's like advice. everything. <laughs> liver is everything, you guys. It's everything. So and if you friendly can't, with it. If you can't, well, and if you just can't handle eating it, it's fine. Just take desiccated beef liver capsules. I've heard that before. Yeah. It's, That's so nice to have another option because sometimes you hear so like, just, just eat it. Just eat it. And sometimes it's just the aversion's not worth it. Well, the real real is like, if you don't like it, why are you forcing yourself to eat it? It's not like the stress of it's going to make you (laughs) not get the nutrients you need. (laughs) Your stomach acid is going to be low. You're not going to break it down. (laughs) No. Um, So liver, definitely. Liver is also huge for skin health. Massively. And vitamin A storage. I mean, it's crazy. It's an amazing nutrient-rich food. Um, fish is excellent for biotin, almonds, cauliflower, avocado, walnuts, mushrooms, and sweet potatoes. Dang, that's a list that I did not expect. It's a diverse list. Yes. Yeah, that's plant, good. Plant Weird foods diversity. and animal foods. <laughs> biotin is, it's cell makeup. You know, it's in. So interesting. It's in everything. And then the second nutrient that you commonly hear about for hair health is collagen. And collagen is a protein found in all of our body's connective tissues, including skin and bones. And then the same is true for all other mammals, (laughs) living (laughs) things. Um, It's a component of all of your tissues and it helps basically keep your tissues strong, but also flexible. And these attributes obviously contribute significantly to healthy hair, right? We Mm -hmm. want strong, but flexible hair. Yes. Um, because it's less likely to fray or break. Uh, humans' collagen production naturally begins to decrease around the age of 25. So you can support better collagen production internally, and then you can also take collagen as a supplement. And we can kind of keep our hair as healthy and as strong as possible by, surprise, surprise, consuming the skin of an animal or drinking bone broth. <laughs> Okay. Huge, huge serving of collagen in both of those. Uh, but again, you can get it from a supplement, which is very common these days. That's you can do, do the there's part. bone broth collagen, there's um, grass fed beef collagen, so what there's are your, what are your, uh, marine collagen. If you're a pescatarian, there's a, that's mm-hmm. a great way to get some collagen in. Um, Vital Proteins has a marine collagen supplement. What about collagen peptides? Like, what are your thoughts on what's the difference between? Yeah, that it's and just it's just how it's broken down. It's making mm-hmm. it more bioavailable to absorb. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, pretty much all of the collagen products out there on the market are collagen peptides. If we're talking about any of the, you know, like ancient nutrition, vital proteins, further food, um, Great Lakes. They're all they're all in peptide form, so oh, it makes them sense. makes them more digestible. I see that a lot. Collagen yes. peptides. Yes. And then another nutrient for hair health is iron. And this is a tricky one. I'm not going to advise you or anybody. This is, very, is, not, very this is not medical advice if you haven't heard our disclaimer. But <laughs> Which you um, did. iron is really <laughs> right. Iron is really rich in red meat. So that's a great way to get some iron in. You can increase iron in your diet by using cast iron um, skillet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer to see iron coming in via food and or you know things like that because i just supplementing with iron is really tricky and very very bio individual yeah i've known a few friends that have been taking iron for their own health reasons and each one of them had totally different reactions it was probably like three different people and it's always made me really uncomfortable the idea of yeah you need to to work with a practitioner exactly you're supplementing with iron and like i'm not talking about iron that shows up in like a multi-mineral or something i'm talking about like heavy doses of iron you got to be careful can you get iron in uh spinach yeah there's iron in vegetables for sure um greens that sort of thing that's where my mind went was greens dark greens yeah Leafy. My, my limited knowledge base. The leafy one being filled in right now. Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, you know, I think as far as hair health is concerned, like I, I don't have a whole heck of a lot more to add in that way other That's than the fact helpful, that, though. you know, just having in general, like having poor nutrition is going to mean you've got poor hair health With and all the other general health, <laughs> <laughs> all of the things. So your hair is actually a really it's an it's it's an outward expression of your inward state of being of your health mm-hmm. which is so crazy because i think as women I'm, I'm sure men do too you know I'm, I'm not a man so i can't speak for a man or all women at all 
Anyways, this is like the most <laughs> un-PC thing I've ever said. Um, so your hair, like as women, we we value our hair so much. It's such a big part of like the first thing that people see when they look it's at us. It's part of our identity. Yeah, and I've worked with a is. lot of women in nutrition counseling who were whose hair was thinning and they were losing it. It was breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can come back from that, which is pretty My mom cool. Did. I know. My mom did in the last year, which is amazing. It was amazing when she she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's about a year and a half ago, and in that time changed up her diet, uh, allowing her to sleep better, allowing her to have better absorption of a lot of things. And when her hair started to come back, because that was the big shock for her, was like, I'm losing my hair. And she used to have, when she was younger, she had really thick hair. And it's just thinned a lot over time. And when it got to the point where it was really thin, that was the point where she went, okay, I'm ready to hear just about anything that comes my way. <laughs> okay, if you ha- tell me I have a thyroid condition, I'll actually do something about it. Yeah, for real. But it started coming back. We started noticing grow back last Christmas. And we were just like... I'm like, mom, that was fast. It just goes to show nutrition can really, really change a lot. Well, that's all she changed was her nutrition and supplementation. Yeah. And then probably she a little start some thyroid. No. She, wow. Mm-hmm. So what I want to jump through pretty quickly here is just a few things that can negatively affect your hair health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we already Good talked about poor nutrition, right? So, you know, just getting in some healthy foods. Um, medications can often affect your hair's thickness and growth. So make sure you're checking with your doctor, make sure you're checking all those side effects that you can see and, and seeing if that could be a source of your hair thinning or a lack of growth. Um, I think on average women's hair, all people's hair grows like half an inch a month or something like that Mm -hmm. is what it should be for. I I don't quote me on that. You may see a little less depending on how deep your pores are. Oh, interesting. Your follicles, sorry. Your follicles. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew what you meant. Right. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> so, um, again, and back to this, like with your mom as an example, thyroid issues, like if your hair suddenly starts thinning, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it might be a good time to get a checkup and just see where your thyroid levels are at. Worth um, it. Thinning hair can be a really common side effect of issues with the thyroid. Uh, and stress, stress mm. and emotional distress can cause your hair follicles to actually release which allows the hair to fall out. Yep. So that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's something I learned in preparing for this episode. And I was like, whoa. Cause I know, yeah. you know, obviously stress, like we were just talking about stress has a, a negative effect on digestion, proper mm-hmm. digestion and can impede the proper production of hydrochloric acid, which can make for a nutrient poor system, which means your cells need food and they don't have it, which means your hair is going to be, yeah, not and optimal. Your hair and your skin are the last ones to get nutrients. So if your body's like emergency mode, <laughs> must put nutrients elsewhere, then your hair will be the last to get it. And then yeah. it falls out. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and then lastly, some hormonal issues. So often when people experience pretty significant hormonal shifts, whether it's due to like pregnancy or childbirth, menopause, um, you know, we see this mostly in women, but then in men also as like, their androgen profile changes in older age. Uh, you can notice difference in the thickness and even in the amount of hair that you have. You can start losing hair too. So I know the, the most common example here for most women is seeing their hair thin, basically get super thick during pregnancy and then thin a ton while they're mm-hmm. breastfeeding. That was me. Or, or, or postpartum in general yeah. and just have that shedding. And here's a really fun factoid. I am totally an N equals one experiment in this, but my hair got thicker while I was pregnant and it stayed that way. Bonkers. I didn't lose hair. Bonkers. And I was collagen on the daily. Oh gosh. That's biotin so nice. from food for sure. A lot. Most of the food I eat has biotin in it. I'm like, I ate a lot of liver um, during mm-hmm. pregnancy and I ate a lot of liver while I was breastfeeding. I'm not as good about it now. Because I'm an obliger and I was obliging to the fact that my baby needed liver <laughs> through my breast milk. Understandable. Um, but I eat a lot of fish. We, you know, and then this list like almonds, cauliflower, avocado, walnuts, mushrooms, and sweet potatoes. Like I eat those all the time. 
Yeah. All the time. So I get a decent amount of biotin for my diet. And then also I was really heavily working on digestion because I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Postpartum was tough on my body. When I went into postpartum, it was, and see, I didn't know any of this stuff. So it's interesting kind of looking back on it, not in like a, oh, I should have, would have, could have. I mean, in some ways I do that, but in, in more of like an interesting study of like, I wonder how my body would have done if I would have known some of this stuff because postpartum was tough on my body. Amen, sister. Whoa. Like still whoa. is. <laughs> yeah. Two and real. a half years out, still feeling it. Yeah, that's that's how my body is too. I'm happy for you that you had some support or you knew how to support yourself. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean I can't say I was doing it for hair health, but I think Brian, that was a nice it's amazing that nice you can side see effect. It. I think that's, you know, bigger picture. One of the nice things that you can kind of apply to this is when you're supporting, when you're doing the things with your nutrition and your lifestyle to support your hair health, your skin health, your nail health, all of those things, mm-hmm. you're supporting your body. Yeah. And all the other processes and that you can it see needs. it. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Again, outward expression, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, for real. All right. Let's get into, let's get into Jen's contribution to this episode. I'm really stoked to learn about the structure of hair. Like what it, yes. what the heck is hair made of? Yeah. What is it made of? What's the deal? What does it look like? (laughs) What does it look like? We can share a um, image with you guys. Yeah, we'll Um, definitely. We'll link an image for you. Yeah, for real. So for for me, to give you guys a background on my profession, I when I went through aesthetic school, immediately after I went to electrolysis school, and if you don't know what that is, it is a very old method of hair removal uh, permanent hair removal but it's like literally electrolysis is a tiny teeny tiny little thing like a probe that looks like a needle but when you look at it under um, magnifying glasses you can see it's rounded it's not pointed and it's literally inserted into the follicle turn a current on move on to the next one pull the hair out and it just falls right out Anyway, like you literally wear glasses and then you have a little magnifying thing pinched on the end of it and you are like in somebody's skin. <laughs> you are in That's their business. so crazy. And you insert it, like you have to have the eye to insert it into a follicle. I mean, it's crazy. But knowing that, I spent four months studying hair <laughs> and hair growth and like all the things that go around with hair. So, uh, and then when I was done with that, I uh, briefly did my own, had my own spa room, but I knew... Um, I wanted to use my hair removal schooling, so I got into um, med spa work, and that's how I started in med spa work was laser hair removal. And so I spent a lot of time with laser hair removal, too. So I spent probably about five years, five, six years just helping people remove hair. Yes. Like, and I, uh, so I understand all the things about like hair growth cycles and your follicles doing and how your body supports your hair and, you know, all these things. So I wanted to come on and give you guys a little bit of knowledge of what your hair structure looks like because this will help you make a little more sense of like how it's being supported and how to work with it when you're like dude I've done all the things but my hair still needs a little help or I have a certain type of hair so I want to know how to help that so all hair structure is the same whether it's curly coarse fine it all is the same but it just has different thicknesses it comes out of the follicle this is actually an interesting fact curly hair comes from a crooked follicle it's not straight coming out of the skin. So that's what creates the curl is a curved follicle. Weird. Right. So our skin structure and how our follicles are shaped shapes how our hair looks in curly, wavy, straight. Isn't that interesting? That's fascinating. So if you got curly hair, you got curly hair. Like, if you got curly hair, you got crooked follicles. Yeah. <laughs> And that's okay because curly hair is stunning. So yeah, but that's really interesting. I've never isn't that interesting. Yeah, and and that's why people with really really straight hair have a hard time keeping a curl because it structurally doesn't come out in a way that makes for a good curl to keep. It's harder to keep a curl. Let's put it that way. This is why when you're like me and you have kind of wavy hair, you can go either way. You know, either way, same same. I've got like. Actually, you probably don't know this. Um, up at my temples, just above my temples and in the nape of my neck, my curls are like pinky sized curls, like tiny little curls. And then everywhere else, it's like this wavy. And I'm just like, can it just be even? Can we just have even all of it? That'd be great. 
Because <laughs> when I wear my hair curly, it's like crazy tight curls near my face and then wavy everywhere else. And so I have to like... Anyway, so my, my hair does all sorts of things. I think we can all relate to our hair doing all sorts of... It has a mind of its stu- own. Stupid things. Stupid. It does stupid things. Also, can we talk about the baby hair situation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding my hands up to my forehead right now. Yes, Baby actually. hairs. Postpartum baby hairs. Yes. What's well, the deal? So what's interesting about that is... Okay, back up. I have to talk about the structure of the hair, and then I'm going to talk about the different okay, okay, hair okay. types. I'm getting ahead of myself. She's just got all the questions. So to be able to, to discuss this without showing you guys something, it's going to be a little challenging. So just know that you've got the center of your hair is really, it's your medulla, which is just the very center structure of your hair. And then you've got your cortex, and then the outside layer is your cuticle. And I'm not going to spend much time on the cortex and medulla because you can't change that. You can't. It's it is what it is. That is directly affected by your nutrition. Right. Yes. So but your cuticle you can definitely work with, which is if you've ever seen a hair under a microscope, it's kind of like sheath like it's like got these almost like roof like shingles uh, structure to it. But what's interesting with heat and cooling, it opens and closes. So when somebody's coloring your hair. They have to put um, a processor on it. They have to put something that will literally lift your cuticle to deposit the color. And then they seal your cuticle again to keep it in. But that's why your hair, um, that's why there's a difference between semi-permanent and permanent hair color and how that gets deposited on your shaft. So what what's interesting about the cuticle is, is that's where we can really work with a lot of things. That's where humidity comes into play. You know, people are like, my hair is all crazy because it's humid and it's hot. It's because your hair structure, your cuticle is opened, you know, so... As long as if you understand those kind of things about your hair, there's a lot you can do with it to be able to change the way it looks. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was that there are three stages of hair growth. There is antigen, which is the growing phase. So when your hair is, you know, because your follicles aren't always full of hair all the time. There's catagen, which is the transition stage where your hair stops getting the nutrients from your body. And it's the signal to the hair that it's time to go into telogen, which is the resting phase where the the follicle pushes the hair out and then you have an empty follicle. The reason why those are important is because when you are dealing with, let's say, let's say you're dealing with something like postpartum. Um, you just know that a lot of your hair is intelligent. It's in its resting state because it doesn't have nutrients that's being reached to it, which has yeah. to do with hormones and nutrients in the body, what's what's available to be put towards hair. Um, but there's also two different types of hairs out there. There's um, vellus hairs that are like the baby fine hairs. They're the hairs that uh, you see on your cheek, the ones that turn blonde first. And the thing that... I, the reason why I wanted to talk about that is that transition from your forehead into your hair structure is where you see those vellus hairs is on your forehead. And then when you are getting more hair back after pregnancy is when it changes. It has to do with the structure of the follicle. So they're called terminal hairs, the ones that are the, the larger ones. Those are the kind of hairs that go in puberty that you change, start getting hair in your underarm. That's because you actually have hair everywhere everywhere like literally everywhere like you're you have hair follicles all over your body whether you and trust me because i've seen them under a microscope on people's bodies and they're like I don't what about your there. palms oh that's a different type of skin structure you're right so your palms and your and feet your are the feet. only place that you don't right. because it's a different skin structure but good good thing to point out so you have it everywhere but your palms and your feet and uh so it's just dependent on what type of structure that is and whether it's vellus or terminal hair and what's interesting is those terminal hairs get turned on by hormones so that's what puberty is right well it's the same thing in like postpartum and pregnancy it's like a lot of times your hormones are just doing all these crazy things and for some women it's they lose those hairs and the hair goes into a vellus state like the follicles because of the hormone signaling and production and all the things that are going into so before it was a terminal Mm -hmm. and now it's vellus yes but it can transition back into terminal because of your hormone production because you know changing back yes so when i was doing laser hair removal um we would do consults and people would say one of the first things we talk about is do you plan to get pregnant anytime in the next year or two because one, it's contraindication for treatment, so we can't treat you while you're pregnant. But two, if you know you want to get pregnant, 
it might be worth discussing having this after you know you're done having pregnancy or if you think you're done that sort of thing things can change because things can change because it's it's actually hair removal not like hair loss like we're not we can't 99 percent of the hair will be gone but they'll still be your follicles will still be active and if it's stimulated by hormones then it's going to grow terminal hairs again so um but now that you kind of know some of the the basics of the hair structure um, I want to go into some of like the, the good and the bad habits that affect how our hair look. So I'll start with the bad habits because I know I have some of those. I still struggle with some of these because I'm like, oh, it's just so much easier. So one of the bad habits is wet brushing. So brushing your hair when it's wet out of the shower can be very hard on your hair because it can it's when your hair is most vulnerable is when it's wet. So it can stretch your hair out and it will cause it to be brittle it's not going to have that bounce to it. It's going to lay limp out of the hair follicle um, because it's been pulled and stretched upon. So it's better to have a wide tooth comb and which guys, I brush my hair when I get a shower because if I don't, it's like a tangled, horrible mess because I do have a little bit of wavy hair. So I totally get it. But if you get a wide tooth comb, that's, that's the way to go because it'll keep your hair healthier, longer, especially if you color your hair, which let's say, I don't know very many women that don't anymore. Yeah. So I didn't for a while and then yeah. I got real bored. So same, <laughs> same. I did henna for a while, actually. Ooh. How, how was transitioning out of henna? Henna. It was easy because I basically just didn't dye my hair at all for two years. No henna, no nothing. So, so if you guys didn't know, henna is a, a more natural way to color your hair, but it is very hard on your hair. It's super labor intensive. Yeah. I did the Morocco method stuff. I actually, my hair came out pretty, pretty healthy and strong. That's good. Using the Morocco method stuff. It's more that it's hard on your hair when you try to put chemical processing on top of it. So sure. Yeah. That's which really, I didn't. I didn't transition into regular. It doesn't play well. With I mean, it was probably in the ends of my hair by the time that's I so started bad. dying again and she just cut it out. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's hard to do, man. Wait that long. Like... If you're going to do henna, it's kind of, you got to commit to it. <laughs> I committed to it for about six months. Yeah. There's a lot of innovation that could be happening in the hair industry that I really hope someday continues to keep happening because there are some people out there that are innovating, but hair color is tough. So the next thing that I wanted to impart upon you guys is um, actually about coloring your hair. <laughs> so after you find your hair colored, it's really important to reinforce your hair strands afterwards because that cuticle that opened and closed um, is weakens your hair a little bit every time you do it. And a lot of times if you have a stylist that um, does a good job with sealing your cuticle, that'll last for a few weeks. But uh, unless you go see them once a month, it's like you really need something at home, whether it's a hair mask or it's a hair oil or it's um, a like shampoo conditioner combo. But that's a really tough one for me professionally to recommend to people because there are very few non-toxic brands out there that can tout that they close the seal, they seal the cuticle and don't have other junk in it. So when you're at your stylist and they're doing your hair, what treatment is it that closes the cuticle? Is Usually it, is in the washing process or it's in... Is it with like a... It's not a toner. It can like be a with deep a deep conditioner. It's gloss is usually what they call it. But um, the, it's usually in the wash process, like the conditioning process is when it closes the cuticle. Okay. Um, but the other's process is glossing, which truly is probably my favorite because... <laughs> Uh, it makes my hair look the shiniest and healthiest even after it's been bleached, which is the the less of the evils as far as like toxicity and coloring your hair goes. Okay. I've explored a lot of that with my hairstylist and been like, I've read her MSDS sheets. I've like, like she really let me into her products that she's got and really gloss is a good way to go because it's not um, colored. And it's the least toxic formula I had found in her very like conventional salon. And you can do a lot of fun things with it if your hair is lighter. Like for me, I've got bleach in my hair, but I haven't bleached my hair since May. I haven't bleached my hair since May. And it's August now, you know, so I haven't had any toxic exposure to those things. Whereas like if you do like a deep, dark color, every time you wash your hair, it's touching your body because it washes out a little bit at a time. 
Uh, and the and the fragrance sticks around a long time because yeah. it's permanent. I know. So it's so 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 tough. And no judgment here because I've been on this journey a year and a half now of ridding myself of the personal care product toxic side. Uh, and there's a big difference between chronic exposure, like our daily products and the things we put on ourselves all the time, and like chronic and versus acute, in my opinion. Yeah. Like if you're like hairstylist man, you're my the real MVP because I don't I can't I could not be exposed to that on a daily basis because my toxic load bucket would just not handle the constant exposure. Yeah. To the smell. This is like salon workers in California. There's a big uprising and hopefully legislation is passed to support them Mm -hmm. more because they're, you know, exposed to a ton of chemicals. Full time. And their life. Yeah, and this is nail salons, hair salons. I've been seeing more. Cassie and I have been obsessing over finding a non-toxic nail salon within driving distance of us. Yeah, what the heck, (laughs) Portland people? (laughs) Oh man, if you guys, yeah, if you guys know of anything in the Portland metro area, we won't drive. We will make this happen. So if it's not super close to us, still tell us, please. Like we would love to find that. But back to hair. Like please. Yeah, no, for real. Like for real. Yes. Uh, so the the next thing that I want to talk about is keeping your hair in hair ties, like and what that does to your hair. That's a similar process of like stretching your hair out and causing weakness in the hair strands. So you get hair breaking, you get split ends, you get all sorts of things when your hair is in a ponytail all the time, which I'm totally guilty of, by the way, because real life and I'm just I have so much hair. It makes me hot this time of year. So it's up a lot. Um, but I do have some some good tips for that i'll get to that in a second and uh, the other thing is heat on hair without protecting it so if you put heat on your hair all the time like you're styling it like 98 percent of the population i'd imagine that's a total like i have no idea what the stat is but i don't know very many women that don't use heat on hair whether it's blow dry curling iron straightening iron curlers i mean truthfully all of the things and in the last year i really really tried to find something that worked really well for me that wasn't heat um, I even went just like air dry forever, but there's a reason why I still use heat sparingly, but it also has to do with my shampooing method. So I'll tell you about that in a second. Cause shampoo is the next one on my list. So when you are shampooing too often, that also the oil that comes out of your skin, there's a reason why your scalp looks very different than the rest of your head is it releases, there's more oil glands on your head than anywhere else on your body for a reason, because it conditions your hair. It keeps your hair silky. It allows your hair to um, be stronger. It's going to, it's going to allow you to be able to abuse it a little bit and not have any issues. So, uh, it's, so if you don't have a whole lot of like nutrition going on in your body, guess what's going to go first? The oil your body will stop putting oil towards your hair. And that's when it starts to get brittle. You get, you get uh, broken ends more often, um, all sorts of things. So hair is oil, natural hair oil is super important, just like it is on your body. That moisture barrier is there for a reason. So that's why you hear a lot of people talking about, well, I only shampoo my hair once a week. You know, for, for somebody that hasn't been in this space, they're probably like, what? <laughs> once a week? Before I, before I entered into like the natural beauty world, I washed my hair every single day. Most people if, do. If not like multiple times a day. Yes. Because I worked out. Yeah. And it's when, so I had an exchange student that lived with me in my sophomore year of high school and he's French and it's not as glamorous as it sounds. He was like a brother, but he his name (laughs) his he was just very could not believe how much we cleaned he was like you americans and you're over cleaning (laughs) like he was really like what are you guys afraid of like why are you guys clean so often it's like always washing your hands and washing your bodies twice a day and he's like your hair does not need to be cleaned that much and he's like you guys smell like a hospital And we were just like, dude, you need to clean your body more often. But the thing there's got to be a happy medium. Yes, truly. To avoid the BO. uh, When he left, we had to deep clean his room. We were like, dude, like his just there's a there's a balance. Right. For sure. So 
but it really kind of made me that was the first time I remember being like what do you mean you don't wash your hair every day like that was the first time that I'd ever even came to my mind was some foreign exchange student from France anyway uh, but if you shampoo too often you're gonna find that your hair is not gonna be as forgiving it's going to be harder to deal with it's it's kind of my my mind has really shifted in the last like 10 to 12 years from like must be clean to must protect keep my body in that protective state and so I I shampoo probably every five to seven days depending on activities that I've got going on how do I want my hair to look that sort of a thing um dry shampoo has really truly been everything to me and I go back and forth between that's part of my like 90 10 <laughs> and like 90 percent non-toxic and then there's this 10 percent that I'm working on and most of it's hair products to be honest so hair products are hard when you're in the non-toxic space have but you tried the primally pure dry shampoo that's the only one I haven't tried how different I mean it, it's how not different is it from a cure I haven't tried the Acure. See, I um, tried the Acure and my hair just, it won't move. Like I put it in and then I've got stripes of white and I'm like. You won't have that with this. So I this, tried the cocoa. It didn't, it was still too, still too white. Yeah. So primarily pure, I mean, they use cocoa in theirs to make it, to make it darker. Is that I, you that said charcoal? I was like, that's a good idea for dark hair. Yeah, I did. It was my idea. I was like, that's is a somebody really doing good idea. that? No, but I'm need to. I need to like mix it in what I've currently got. Add that to your repertoire with sparkle beauty. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, honestly, I, yeah, because that's the big qualm for me is the only stuff out there is really only effective and looks great on people with medium Lighter. to light hair. Yeah. And my Which, roots, I mean, you have medium hair. I, when my hair goes natural, it's quite dark. Actually. Pretty dark. Okay. But it looks, it looks medium because of how much blonde I have in there. Sure. But the roots itself, like if I, if I ever walk around in my hair, you'll see what I mean. It just sure. looks wrong because it makes my hair look like I've got a bunch of ash in it. Sure. So I, I don't have any issues with the Primally Pure. I don't use dry That's shampoo great. every single day. Um, I'll use it, you know, I wash like every three days probably. So mm-hmm. I will... Um, you know, do dry shampoo on day two mm-hmm. or the evening of day two into day three. So I usually only end up using it one time in between washes. Yeah, please. Do dry shampoo as soon as you're done styling your hair the first time. I do. Actually, I oh, do. Good. Because yeah. that's, that's something I don't think people enough people know about is that if you It'll keep are, your style so much longer. Yes, it'll keep your style longer. Um, If you're on that journey where you're starting to stop shampooing so often, there's definitely like a, a time frame where your body has to adjust and you're going to feel like an oily mess for a while. And there's there's lots of things you can do in that time is learn how to style your hair in a way that it's okay if it's a little greasy for a little bit because it's supposed to look a little wet you know that's mm-hmm. actually a thing now i'm still trying to figure out how to like navigate that style wise but, yeah um i've seen some people do it like very a, well like a slick back low bun things yeah. like that oh i can do yeah. that one it's the one where it looks like your hair is in that damp stage between totally soaking and dry yeah, I can't do that. I've seen some people do it, and it's stunning on yeah, them. And I'm like, not, like be me. <laughs> so I mean, but there's different things you can do. But um, the biggest tip is do the dry shampoo as soon as you get out of the shower and your hair's dry. Yeah, and then I do it like on like again between second and third day, or you know, however long. But do it before you go to bed, mm-hmm. and then it'll soak in while you're sleeping, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, while your hair's mm-hmm. normally producing oil, and it will be. It'll just be getting soaked up by the dry shampoo. Yeah. Um, but that to me is a very good reason to be using non-toxic dry shampoo. For real. Because y'all sleeping with it in your hairs. And you're on your pillow. You're and... sniffing it. Yeah. It's it, you're breathing it in. Yeah. So I like Primally Pure personally. That's the only natural one that I found that I actually feel like works. But they don't have, you know, there's no like spray one that exists. I found one that I'm waiting for to come in the mail. And I'm really excited about it. Have you heard of Hair Story? You've told me about Hair Story. That's the only time I've heard of it. So it's a spray, but it's a powder. Okay. And the reason why I decided to give it a shot, because I can't give it an endorsement yet. Don't think, don't go run out, buy it. If you think that it's not, I'm not there yet. (laughs) It, when I got to their website and I looked at their ingredients list and the very top, it said transparency is at the utmost importance to us. And I went, Okay, so okay. Got, got my attention. And their ingredient list is super clean. They got to the word fragrance and they broke their fragrance down. 
which is so unusual, so unusual. And it's all natural. And they all, it's all broken down to like different types of flower oils and like it's like the stuff that people keep secret because they they think it's because they can because it's considered quote unquote yeah a trade secret yeah. they broke it down the only other company I've seen that do that is Fleur yeah natural the the fragrance fragrances yeah, yeah. so um, I'm giving them a shot because purely I'm giving them my money because I want to get behind companies that do that and the only other company that's I've seen like that's Beauty Counter. So I'm like, I'm all for let's like, let's do the thing. So I'm waiting for it to come in the mail. Do they have a hair mask? They've got a shampoo, a conditioner. They don't have much beyond that. They actually tout a shampoo that is an all in one, which is not, that's like unheard of in the natural community. So. Dude, this dry shampoo is non aerosol. Exactly. But it sprays. Do you see that? Yes. She's looking at it right now. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, I want to see. Yeah, I do. So I'm like, I'm down with that because the spray was my jam before. Because like the dusting and on just, I don't, my hair, because I let it get its natural oil in it, it I think it just doesn't, and my hair so dark naturally, it just doesn't move. So I'm all about that spray. Listen, hair styling, shampoo frequency. Oh, it is so individual. So individual. Do you, boo? Do That's you all I have boo. to say. <laughs> Do you, boo? Oh man! So I've got a, I've got an actual list that I can impart upon you guys on good habits for healthy hair. So this is five good habits for healthy hair. One, only shampoo when absolutely necessary. That's kind of a hard one to get in the habit of. So do you ever just shower and like get your hair wet, like rinse it? No, but I put my hair up and yeah, yeah, I yeah, do yeah. my body. Sure. Well, yeah, because stinky. Yeah, necessary. Because gym. Okay, <laughs> French exchange student. Uh, number two, use a wide tooth comb for combing wet hair. And really, this can make a huge difference for anyone that colors or bleaches their hair. Because your hair is going to be compromised. The, the structure, that's what coloring does. That's what bleaching does, is it compromises the structure of your hair. So especially if you just had it done, get yourself a wide tooth, wide tooth comb. Number three, hair oil. This is something I didn't talk about yet. Hair oil is honestly the best thing ever, but you need to know how to use it. I've had people get hair, hair oil from me from beauty counter and go, Oh, this makes my hair so oily. I don't know how you use it. I'm like, well, first of all, you only put it on the ends of your hair, like that you get it on your hands ends of your hair and then you start working up the strands of your hair as you've been depositing it then the magic in hair oil is heating your hair up because when you open that cuticle it deposits the oil and then as you get a chance to let it heat so cooling your hair also starts to seal the cuticle it just takes a really long time unless you're putting like ice on your hair so but you know what i mean so but as ain't nobody cools, putting ice on their I hair know, that's crazy but if you um over time as your hair cuticle starts to set itself it will m trap the moisture the oil in that's when your hair starts to have that magical like shiny silky property to it but you have to have your hair open your cuticle open so i put my hair oil on while it's damp and then i blow dry it opening the cuticle, allowing it to deposit back in. So that's where hair oil is the jam. Number four is bobby pins, hair sticks, or hair claws. Or if you've seen those things around, the telephone hair cords, those those old telephone cord looking hair things. Oh my gosh. They are legit. You know why? Why? Because they're coiled. So that way they're not putting undue stress it's on like, one yeah it's not like cutting at the across hair. the strands and i used it in a workout the other day a high intensity dance class workout and my hair stayed in what i mean right so but you need many on hand every time i've seen them they've been sold in packs of three for a reason because every time you use one it stretches out you have to take it out and use a different one when you're uh yeah like, i'm not i'm not about that <laughs> i am because it's really really good for your hair also also it's actually a really fun styling product like the way it works you can have your hair up in a messy bun and you can pull strands out and stick it back in and you can do all sorts of fun styling things with it okay the real real is that i mean yes. like, no. i need you to teach me about all of this <laughs> But I have a very tried and true two hair tie messy bun method. 
almost want to gift you some. I've got a bajillion of them upstairs. I've been testing them out for the last few months, actually, because I'm like, I'm going to see what this telephone cord business is all about. But so I'm going to see if I've got some I haven't used. In fact, I think I've got some. But hair sticks. So <laughs> Skylar made me hair sticks uh, in, like 10, 11 years ago. Like out of wood? Mm-hmm. Cool. This is my husband, though, guys. He's he's a sculptor. So he took um, walnut wood that he had um he used to work um build fences and decks and they had to um chop down a tree and it was a walnut tree and they were like we're just gonna toss it and he's like no you're not and so literally he kept this giant stump like in our garage i mean it moved three houses (laughs) you know but he cut off one of the branches and made into these hair sticks for me and then um burned designs into them um, those things live in my purse because when I get hot, like I am right now, I need my purse with me. I can put my hair up and just stick them in. Like I used to use, I use makeup brushes all the time. Like if I'm on a job, I'm <laughs> just dying. I'll just stick my hair up. Uh, so hair sticks can be amazing. It takes some practice to figure out how to like keep, get it to stay in structure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there, there are a lot of hair tutorials on how to do hair sticks. Bobby pins truly are a better way to go. If you put your hair in a bun, Bobby pins are going to be better for your hair than a hair tie. So bobby pins and hair claws. You guys know what I'm talking about, the claw things. But, claw clips. Yeah, claw clips. Number five, use a heat protectant when using heat products. Hair oil can be a double whammy for this one. There, are, I haven't found any products specific to hair heat protection that aren't not that aren't toxic. <laughs> Sure. Like that one's a tough one, but that's a lot of it's because hair oil can do that for you because it's going to be protecting your hair strand uh, as you heat it up. So I used hair oil today when I styled my hair and I did it when it, I blow dried it a little bit. It was damp and I put the hair oil in and then I finished blow drying Mm -hmm. and styled my hair hey hey and it feels so good it does did you also know that hair oil can make your hair dry faster that's sweet because it literally like makes no room for the water molecules so we're normally get out yeah get out i get i got places to be get out here so it's just like oil and water don't mix right so the oil molecules that they are deposited onto the hair it it literally like allows it to leave faster whereas otherwise it's stuck in the cuticle sometimes and it feels kind of cold, damp forever. Anyway, hair oil can really help with that. Sweet. So those are my five tips to I did something right. Hair. You did. I did something right when it comes to hair health. <laughs> oh, goodness. I love it. I know. I think these tips can be really, it's really tangible advice yeah. between the nutrition and the products. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing your hair, your wealth of hair wisdom with us. Well, thanks for sharing your food body wisdom. <laughs> it's um, more important than people know. Like all those things your you talk about. Your food body wisdom. Yes, your food body. Well, because you're feeding your hair from the inside out, right? I love you. <laughs> she comes up with a lot of phrases. It, Yeah, they work sometimes. sometimes. Other times they don't. So. Other times I just get laughed at. So thanks for listening today, everyone. Yes. We appreciate all of you and we hope that your hair, you walk away from this episode with just healthier hair. Yes. And you can be confident in knowing some easy steps that you can do to make a difference both in your nutrition and topically with your hair and how you style it and everything. So I know I've learned a ton from this episode. I, from learned, Genevieve. <laughs> I, I learned a ton from Cassie. This is why we do this. I though. love these episodes where we get to kind of like two sides of the same coin. It's really fun for real. And everything is so connected. So I love that. So always fun to, to podcast with my lovely esthetician, makeup artist <laughs> counterpart. Who also knows a lot about nutrition, by the way. Oh, ditto back and forth. This is the fun part. It is. Filling in the gaps for each other. We appreciate you guys. Um, You know, you always hear a call to leave us a review in iTunes. And I just want to like, you're going to hear that again after I'm done asking you to do it again. Because it's in every But like, (laughs) please, guys, if you've been listening, if you're some of our tried and true who listened to this episode before 5 a.m. My goodness. Like, some of you guys were like. Yeah, it goes down. On the commute. Um, We love you. 
please let us know what you think. Leave a review in iTunes for us. Yes. Um, you know, and shoot us a message and let us know either rebelheartradio at gmail.com or you can, you know, send us a DM through Instagram and let us know what you'd like us to cover. And if you have any questions, we're going to start doing some Q&A episodes here soon. Yes. So let us know. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Recording. Recording. <laughs> that was terrible. This is on the g. The g. Recording. Hi. 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 <laughs> we say hi like we haven't been together for two hours, but we have. Oh, has it been two hours? It has. Oh, my word. Get into it. Get right at town. Okay. Get to it. <laughs> so, okay. So let's start today's episode with a little what's up. What's up? What's up? Um, I sound really very white when I do that. <laughs> what's up? Oh gosh. Okay. What was I even gonna talk about? Or just so I remember. And it's gone. You're like, it's there. No, it's not. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> You're like body, mind. Hmm. You, didn't, you didn't say anything to me, so I can't prompt you. I know, but I had it in my brain, and I was like, I don't need to say it because it's in my brain, and then it's not in my brain anymore. <laughs> you can talk about the zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> that was revolutionary. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it'll come to me for the next one. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> love you. I love you. Okay. <laughs>